It's been a while, it's been a while, but I'm coming out of my shell. And I never thought I would fall in love with someone just like you. And nobody here, I hear you calling out, I hear you calling out in love. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to We're Back. It's the White Walkers. We've made it. Chris, how are you, my son? I am absolutely sticking out, Davey. Absolutely great to see you. And uh, I'm sure at this stage we can say Happy New Year to Davey, Top and Family, and of course, everybody else that is listening in around the world tonight. So uh, great uh, to be back, Davey. Long time no, long time no see, fella. Mind you, by the sound of you, you got more frogs than the Muppet Show here, mate. What's going on? Oh man, I well, I can be Kermit. I'm gonna be only had too much golden and something in last weekend, fella. I think you've had I think you've had too much pie at the weekend there. That's, that's what happened there. You know, uh, a couple of couple weeks of pies kicking about. <laughs> uh, well, look before uh, before we we kick off the shenanigans, uh, uh, I just want to start things off on a personal note, if it's okay with everyone. Um, our our family was uh, kind of rocked. Um, last February, uh, when my mum, Jean Topping, fell uh, very ill, very suddenly. Um, and unfortunately, mum passed away in May of last year. Um, um, and on behalf of my brother, Richard, uh, and, and our families, um, I would like to take a minute to thank everyone from the rugby family who have passed on messages of condolence and support to us. Um, they were very much appreciated. And uh, we read every single one. Um, to me, it shows uh, the power of the rugby family to uh, to come together um, in struggles and unite in ways that, well, they must only be seen to be believed. Um, however, I want to give a special mention to, to you, Chris, uh, Nigel, the Night King, who's still stuck somewhere up at King's Landing, uh, and, and you, Joe, for your support and friendship. Um, but there's also four fellas I want to pay a special thanks to uh, and contribute to for a small thing that they've done. Uh, and they are John Andrew, Greg Jones, John Cooney, uh, and our own captain, Alan O'Connor. Uh, thanks to Chris, uh, Alan sent a, a small video message uh, to mum, which we received last March, and uh, which you've seen the following day um, once she recovered uh, from the uh, original uh, illness. Uh, she was very happy to see Mr. Cooney in the video because, well, she, you know, he was he was her favourite, no doubt about it. Um, but she was so chuffed to get that support from our province, and the positive frame of mind that she had uh, was a source of immense strength and pride. Uh, pride to stand up uh, for the Ulsterman along with us all. Uh, and now through this show, uh, it's my privilege to bring that same pride and passion uh, and bring you the best show that we can. Um, I hope to get up to Kingspan Stadium sometime soon personally thank the players and Ulster Rugby uh, for what seems like a small gesture uh, meant an absolute uh, absolute mountain to us. Um, but now, let's begin a new era of White Walkers Chat and Crack. This is your show. So you let us know what you want to see us talk about, 
what we should include and who you would like to see us have a chat with as when we're able to. So for now, let's get on with the show. Let's scrum down and engage. And you know what? It is fantastic to be back chatting rugby, chatting with the ball of the oval, uh, and you know, let's see, let's see where it takes us. So, um, so really, tonight, what we're going to try and do, since we've been away for a while, and it has been a while, uh, as our opening video did say, um, we're going to take a look at where Ulster is at the minute. Uh, obviously, players that have come in and out. Uh, we're going to look at, uh, uh, obviously, the coaching ticket. We're going to look, uh, obviously, the changes with the pitch, sponsorship news. Um, and then we'll take a look at the first half of the URC season. We'll preview the second half of the season. Uh, then we'll touch on the European games uh, and uh, on our trip to Bizarre World uh, and the Twilight Zone. Uh, we'll look forward to the Challenge Cup. Um, and then we'll look at the state of the province. Uh, and see where things are going to go from here, uh, and see where the White Walkers are going to go from here, because you never know what's going to happen. So, first of all, Chris, uh, um, first of all, how have things been over in South Wales? Uh, mate, to be fair, things have been absolutely busy, busy, busy. Uh, there was a uh, city where Chris Simmons, that picture was taken by the very lovely Rosa Matthews. Uh, that was at the Bath Fan Zone. Uh, obviously, on that day, results didn't go our way, but the bottom line is, uh, what a party. And despite the results, you wouldn't know that things had gone against us uh, at the fan zones pre and post match. So uh, a big credit to our fans, of course, they uh, the hosts of those fan zones as well. We've been busy, mate. And of course, we've got the Osprey coming up next uh, at the Cooper's Arms. Uh, that's already all, all good to go. Um, so yeah, uh, we've been really busy. And, and the nice thing is our club is growing. Um, our club's growing stature. Our relationship with Ulster Rugby is growing from strength to strength. And, and I've got to, got to have a huge hats off to, to the senior management team led by Johnny Petrie. And, of course, um, you know, supported by our newly appointed Keith Shorten. Uh, obviously, we've got Rob McMurray, Jake Williamson, Oren, um, Oren Kane, uh, Paula Broner, you know, um, Damien Kelly. The guys have been absolutely immense at last year's season. And... Who would have thought it, buddy? To be fair, as an expat supporters club, uh, you know, not not a hundred and five right away from home too much, but we've had well support and busy, busy, busy. And also appearing on the programs a couple of times as well, Chris. Like that's uh, uh, you know that's certainly a big step for for the for the supporters club as well. It is, and to be fair, Davey, in the past we would have asked for it. Uh, we would have gone yeah. to Ulster Rugby to the communications team, uh, but in the last couple, uh, to be fair, we've been really, really blessed. The guys of uh, the communications team have driven that, um, and, and it's just appeared, and, and that sort of just shows how tight, tight the relationship's getting, and that's a real, real big applause out, and thanks to, to the team there. Oh, happy days. Well, look, uh, well, here, why don't we start at the start? Well, let's uh, let's have a look at uh, the players that have come in and out of the club, um, you know, from the start of the season. And uh, um, uh, there's uh, there's there's a magician behind us who we picked her for us. So, um, so, well, I know it's maybe not some maybe disappearing, but we'll uh, we'll try and get through them as best we can. We had uh, Dave Yours from Exeter, uh, James French coming in, um, Ben Griffin from Clontarf, um, of course, our Biggest signing of the, uh, uh, which had all, all sorts of lovely shenanigans. Stephen Kitzel uh, from the Stormers, um, the Ginger Ninja himself. Oh, look at that! And uh, wow. um, 
and, uh, and then of course uh, Greg McGrath uh, from Jersey Reds he came in on a short term uh, injury uh, loan um, and, and uh, obviously then we have from the academy with Ben Carson uh, Ruben Crullers uh, James McCormick uh, Connor McKee and Harry Sheridan coming through um, and then uh, on the outside uh, we had uh, um, Frank Bradshaw Ryan um, went up to Montauban uh, Sam Carter went over to Leicester. Uh, Craig Gilroy and uh, Rob Little were released. Uh, uh, Mads uh, has retired. Uh, Gareth Milosinovic uh, went over to uh, Valence Roman and Dome Rugby. Uh, Declan Moore uh, on the Coast. Uh, Jordy Murphy has retired. Uh, Rory Sutherland uh, went over to Oyana. Uh, Jeff McGowan went over to Queensland. Uh, and then, of course, Big Thor himself, Ben Vermillion, uh, he has decided to uh, re retire as well. Um, so, you know, we've had a lot of ins and outs there with, with it, uh, Chris. Uh, um, what do you make of the squad at the minute? Um, I think the squad's been really, really bolstered by the guys coming in. And we can't, we can't pretty much forget the guys you've left because there are some massive names who've got a huge history with our club. And I sort of think... The likes of Gilroy, you know, the likes of Rob Little, you, every single person would love to see them kick around forever. That's not the nature of the sport. People do come and go. We get that. Um, I have to say, Timunga Allen leaving the province was, for me, a really, really big shame. He, I think he was first and foremost a rugby man, and then he was very much a contract man, a, a journeyman afterwards. I think the man was loved by everybody, his passion. We've seen him going over the line, just electric lit up. Uh, we've seen him really, really gene the crowd up, more or less doing Sparky's job for him. Everyone fell in love with Big Jeff, didn't they? And more than that, you know, we can't forget his athleticism and, and what he brought to the club. So, for me, you know, there are big names that walked away. Verbulon had an obviously tremendous World Cup. Arguably, probably some of his best rugby that I've seen him seen from in many, many years was, was that World Cup stint in the last few games. He was tremendous. Um, and then in the incoming, can I just say, at Bath Rugby, um, our big kitsy uh, got a new nickname. The summer in the stands, we ended up calling Sugar Plum. Uh, it's a spicy plum. Uh, so, uh, that may well stick with Stout Wheels as Rugby Supporters Club, the big Sugar Plum instead. That's that's well, no, definitely no fairy. Definitely no fairy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's one name on there which I think needs a big shout out, and it's our NIL Scott Wilson. Um, and I think Scott Wilson has been an incredible stalwart. You know, dipping in night as when required. You know, really stepped up. He was very much um, almost Robert Bradley, uh, Bradley Roberts. Sorry, Bradley Roberts. Asking in terms of his yep. style and his his passion and what he brings to the game. So, you know, I think stepping him up was actually absolutely fantastic. Dave Ewers obviously come back from injury. Uh obviously uh huge uh Sean Fell's going back off on another knock, hasn't he? Um and and you know people like Jake Flannery have just been amazing stepping up uh you know uh, in that role as well. So some big shout-outs for some people that haven't even made the list on there. And, and I think, for me, some names still have to really, really shine on there for guys who have, who have stepped up. Um, you know, so I think Stephen Kitsoff uh, has been amazing. I think what was nice was he actually said something that everyone's been thinking, and that is Ulster need a wee bit of fire in their belly. They need a bit of grit. They need a wee bit of anger. And, you know, it's been bandied around, and um, I'll tell you, my dad will tell you, he's on here tonight listening in, uh, Big Ray, you know, 
many fans are saying it, Ulster sometimes come across as too soft. You know, around the ruck, when things kick off, Will Addison last week, there was a wee bit of a scrap in the corner. Mm-hmm. And um, to be fair, we should have heard the call of 15, everyone piled in. You know, but, uh, you know, um, I think if we can get that far back, I would say since you had lower, I'm not entirely sure anyone has really brought that level of intense sort of, I'm not going to use the word anger, but that's wrong. But anger, yeah, we're going to it. Uh, you know, we need someone that level of absolute fire in the belly. We need a Peter O'Malley kind of figure, you know, yeah. to really, really to just get the guys fired. John Cooney showed it in the past against La Rochelle a couple of seasons back. You know, there is it, it's there, but we just need to see it week in, week out. We, we need to be a wee bit extra kryptonite. Well, I want to say hello to a couple of people first. Uh, um, first of all, I'm actually going to say bonsoir to John Dennison. Uh, John there is uh, um, you know, over there in France, and uh, it's, uh, it's lovely, lovely to see you uh, uh, chipping in there, John. Uh, bonsoir to you. Uh, my brother Richard has uh, has appeared as well, and uh, um, he makes a good point there. Recruitment could have been better. Uh, we've lost some quality and not really replaced them. Well, Kitsoff is a good player to replace some, but getting Irish talent is proven to be difficult. I absolutely agree with you there, Reg. Um, definitely a great one. And, uh, and of course, the return of Johnny Wappa. Johnny, he's back, back on the bang. He's back in there. Good to see you, Johnny. Not great strength and depth. Yep. Well, I, yeah, definitely, I would have to say there's uh, there, there, there's validity there on that point. Um, so, so what... Um, where do you think we would need to build at, the, at this point, Chris? You know, where where would you say our, our biggest development point should be? So, you you know what my mantra is. I call nobody out, right? But I do think we need. Um, I think for me, it's gotta be the nine ten partnership. Okay, and that's not saying that's not the famous uh, John Cooney. That's not the famous Doki or or Flannery or Burns or any of them, but I just think, you know, we need, you know, you look at the, you look at the French 10s that have just come through in the lines here, DuPont, and, and then you look at the guys outside, of, you know, the, the, the Toulousian side, for example. You know, you look at um, uh, Danny Kerr at the weekend for, against us, you know, uh, and then you look at Marcus Smith, and you look at what Lancer are bringing through and Munster, and, and we just need that absolute strength to, like, run the to run the pitch for us, to run that nine ten partnership, but also direct the forwards. And um, for me, you know, everyone will say the front row, some will say the second row. I think our second row when you've got uh, Andy, Al O'Connor, you know, I think we've got huge big engines in there. Um, you look at the back row, you know, Kimini has probably been the player of the season for me so far. Um, stepping in, uh, you know, Dave Ewers, Sean Rafael has been in and out with injuries, so that's kind of, that's going to be a development thing. Um, yeah, I don't think our I don't think our front row are, are too bad. Our lineouts aren't firing for a reason. Started the season with the scrums. Scrums got resolved with a wee bit of fire in the belly from Kitsy. And then the lineouts went awry. And now we're getting a sort of a 50-50 balance last weekend on performances of both looks. <laughs> so we can tighten that up. Obviously, Rob Heron's out now pretty much for the rest of the season, I mean. Um, yeah, so I, for me, I, I would love to see our 9-10. And of course, uh, Kieran Treadwell is out for a lot of weeks uh, with, a, with a lot of ribs. Yeah, and, that, that knocking the ribs and that, that looked really nasty when he to be fair when we hit the deck. And, and hopefully, uh, Liz, uh, Mum Liz is listening and obviously she can send her regards on to Kieran and, and really wish him well. And I think we need that stability at 15. Will Addison's coming back. Um, I thought he's brought some some 
really positive moments since you come back. Obviously, we've got a ring rust. Michael Laurie will always do Michael Laurie things. Um, and I think, you know, maybe, yeah, I'm going... I'm going 15, 9, 10 is where I'd love to see that being really short up. People on here will disagree with me, and, that, and that's absolutely fine. That's that's what rugby is. What's your thoughts, Amy? Well, for, for me, yeah, the 9, 10 is, uh, yeah, that 9, 10 axis definitely is one of our big development points. Funny enough, uh, uh, I've just received word that uh, Mr. Quigley is actually on his way up the road. Um, that's and, sick, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, He's a he's now somewhere between King's Landing and uh, Marine, so he'll get his way there eventually. You know, but uh, for, for me, the nine ten access definitely is our is our big one. Uh, and in terms of the backs, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's trying to get stabil stability and consistency, consistency, um, because at the minute. Um, yes. There just seems to be too much jiggling about. There seems to be too much uh, uh, tinkering going on there, and you know there doesn't seem to be uh, a consistent fifteen going through, or at least consistency in some of the areas. Uh, you know, uh, for multiple games, that, that's proven to be probably the biggest problem for me. Um, but uh, uh, yes, uh, yes, Joe Lyons, we did start with the yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I tell you so, what, Joe, right? I just say something. one of the most messages on Twitter slash X. Um, my dad, my advice is dying. Oh, oh, oh. Hold, on, hold on a minute. See, I did tell you this was the Twilight Zone. Anything can happen on this one, so folks. Oh, it uh, looks like we've lost Chris there. Uh, um, well, let's see. We'll try and get Chris back in a second here. He's uh, There's more, more gremlins and, uh, and mogwais going around there like a mad agent. Uh, but really for, uh, I suppose for us, for, <laughs> yep, I agree. If Belsorga, you, you both a blank checkbook, who would be a, a realistic saying you would bring in? Hmm. Now, actually, I'm going to throw out one of that. I get everybody, Richard, um, uh, it's going <laughs> to, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to try and get a, a decent marquee saying at the minute. And I think with Humphreys coming through, uh, and eventually replacing New Sephora. Um, I, I can't see us getting really uh, any really good names at this point uh, in time because uh, they still have to sort of the central contracts for, for Palm. You know, he's been named captain uh, of Ireland, but the contract situation is all up in the air. So I think they, they still have a bit of work to do before we get to that point. Um, uh, yes, I agree. Chris is definitely stuck in hyperspace somewhere. Um, and Joe, yes, uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt, absolutely. Oh, the poodle. <laughs> uh, there he is. He's back. Hey, Jabba. Yes, sir. I, I didn't put enough 50 pin the meter, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll, throw you a lot of, we'll throw you a lot of shillings out there. Um, I know. Timmy, I think it was worth saying there before. On the weekend, I read the most offensive material in a long time, and, and after that Queen's defeat, some individual uh, actually posted, and he called out Jacob Stockdale as a lump of lard, right, and shouldn't be anywhere near the Irish Ulster squad, right? They really, really called him out, and 
Jacob's lovely wife, Hannah, come on and said, wow. Well, I think I think basically what we're we're trying to get over here, guys, is basically the amount of abuse that has been coming through personal abuse to players. Um, you know, people have to remember that these these guys are human beings. You know, they have families, wives, partners. You know, they're going to see these comments, and you know, frankly, you know, it's disgusting. You know, yes, absolutely. You know, they're professional players. They're, you know, and they have to try and and do the best job they can. But at the same time, you know, th this is a you know akin to cyberbullying in my view. Um, and you know, and to be honest with you, I think I think the more that we can do to try and stomp that out, the better. Um, Johnny, what was this? What about new coach? Well, um, that's something which we're going to be coming on to. Um, you know, so if you have any, if you have any, uh, any, any opinions, anybody out there, any opinions on should we change coaches? Should we keep with where, what we have at the minute? Um, to, at least to the end of the season, you'll put it through, and we'll go from there. Um, and yep, I agree with you there, Johnny. Uh, interesting that some players uh, are sticking the nice in against former teammates. Well, you know what? Um, all I'm going to say there uh, that we usually hear that every week. Uh, you know, thanks to uh, cer certain, how would you say, pundits um, who try their best uh, to try and shake an apple cart or two. Um, you know, we, we do that all the time. Um, you know, Richard, their trial by social media is a joke. If you're underperforming in your day job, you wouldn't earn your dirty laundry. It's just unfortunate that all professional athletes do by being in the public domain. Um, and yep, absolutely. Ferris and Bo did not hold back. I totally agree with you there, especially after, uh, um, especially even before uh, the game at the, at the weekend. Um, you know, Ferris in particular was very critical uh, of of Ulster and uh, uh, and of the coaches and, and the coaching ticket in general, and um, and you know when you see people like Tommy Bow, you know picking holes everywhere, then you have to wonder you know what do we do and what is the best way forward? Do we do anything? Do we change anything? And by magic, hello, big Joe Shep. <laughs> well, there, <clears throat> there was a sight everybody wasn't expecting to see tonight. The big fella in the TMO truck and um, stuck up in uh, stuck up in Ravenhill Kings fan. But there you go, great to uh, to to be on. Um, we're having a nightmare tonight. There was a storm that we weren't expecting down here. Nigel quickly stuck on the the road in a storm as well. And uh, Chris in Wales has um, has gone man down. I think at the whole cryogenics. It's it's yeah. getting. Getting you out of um, getting you out of hyperspace was a little bit more difficult than we thought, but <clears throat> great to be back uh, and um, great to be able to jump on and add a, a few thoughts where I can. Obviously, it's yeah. um, 
it's a very difficult situation. And I want to talk about pitches and sponsors because I knew before the season started, I knew that was going to become a big thing. <coughs> it's going to be, but um, I'm really disappointed by the abuse of some former players <clears throat> and who I rate. Um, first was always good. Yeah, Tommy Bell, I like a lot, an awful lot. I think the wider question has to be asked, David, uh, is, is over the years, you have had some some great coaches. I, I hear a lot of people saying, okay, well, we get, you know, um, untrained, untested coaches. Um, listen, you had one of the world's greatest rugby coaches, in my personal opinion, Mark McCall, and yet there were still problems. So if these problems have been going on for so many years, is it the CEO? Is it the coach? Is it the players? Is it What is it? Is it a, as an outsider? You know, I'm doing my best to be an Ulster fan tonight, clearly. <laughs> it's... um. I think you've got to ask that serious question. There's no point doing what some podcasts do uh, where it's just, I think it's just absolutely atrocious. And, and that that individual who shall remain nameless is a disgrace to, to rugby because you can question what you're doing in a manner that is befitting rugby and human beings online. Um, and um, I, I think it's... It's very difficult, but you do have to look at the wider thing that this systematically has been an issue with the coaching ticket for Ulster. And I have, since we've been doing these shows, mate, in, in, in the last sort of six, five, six years, even though on that period, the squads, there's some been brilliant players there, and you've come so close to success on so many times. But I think there's something else underneath, and I don't know enough because I haven't lived up there for enough years now to be able to understand what is really going on with Ulster Rugby, because I don't think it is just the coaching ticket. There we go. Um, I, well, you know what, Joe, for, for me personally, um, you know, I've had to think about it. And, uh, you know, I think there's there's an issue sort of welded deep within the bowels somewhere. Um, and basically... Uh, um, basically, we just need a, a big dose of a laxative somewhere just to flush all that old stuff away and basically replace uh, a lot of it, not all of it, but some of it, uh, with some brand new faces. And uh, but I, th I think it's very much a case of um, <coughs> there are there are OB networks which you know which run underneath, and you know we'll you know we'll, we'll do we nudge here for a wee nudge here. You know, I think what we need to do is get away from that. If we're, you know, the senior management team need to realize that, uh, you know, you can't keep going the way things are going. There's, an, you know, and there may only be so many times where um, it's like any other any other club, you know, if something's not working out, then you have to look at each section on its own. So you've got your head coach, you've got your, your skill coaches, you've got your back coach, sports coach. You look at each one in, in turn, you know, and, and then you have to go behind that again, and is it you know within the the branch organization, you know is is it there the link between there and you know and and the Ulster Rugby Provincial Club to and where it's links with Ulster Branch and see where <laughs> you know where the issues lie, and uh, if it is a case where you know agendas get pushed here, it's like anything else, it's the it's the the pol the politics that keep on going. And keep clubs going year after year after year after year, and eventually people get sick of it, and people are going to start walking away again. And when mm. the people start walking away, that's when we know we're in trouble. <clears throat> I think it may be worth doing a separate show just on on the issue of as is will be and, and what is required. Again, some we'll 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 try and get some some deep players in 
uh, and the players, I mean, those involved in a, in, a, in a range of different levels, Dave, to be able to uh, do that. Before we move on to <coughs> pitches and sponsors, that's a great point by, by Joe Lyons. Joe, great to, to see you back. Um, a lot of players uh, making toxic conversations from self-promotion. Yeah, ex-players seem to be blindly back. It, it is. All of these things aren't helping. Um, so, but what I'd say is, the only thing I'd ever ask people is to remember is that there are players, families, wives, mothers, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, whatever, in the, the wider social media. And, and it hurts them. It hurts the players. Um, and yes, please question and, and, and hold people accountable. Hold the players accountable. Uh, you, you know, um, because ultimately, when it gets onto the park, the coach, the CEO, all the rest of the coaching staff, and 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 the whole organisation behind Ulster Rugby and Rugby and Ulster have done their bit. Players need to stand up a bit more, and I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing a lack of leadership, um, and and yet it's not down for the fact that there's not leaders there. Kitty, one of the best leaders in any industry I've ever come across, and I've watched that man very, very closely for a long, long time. Hendo, brilliant leader, could have been, if Pom wasn't there, I think Hendo might well have been been the skipper, but it's not rolling there, so there's something else behind that. So, anyway, I know that you wanted to talk about the pitch and sponsorship and stuff. Dave, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, I'm everybody knows I'm very, very anti 3G, 4B pitches and stuff because of the damage they do. But I do accept that they allow the club, the organisation, to be able to, uh, to 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 do other things with it. So, um, where, where are we with that? Well, I think uh, well, obviously, with with the new pitches that was laid down uh, over the summer, um, and all the all the arguments that came with it, uh, for me, I think it's actually a good move. Um, and the main reason for that is uh, obviously looking at the quagmire that you get. Um, you know, and the Ribbon on the pitch every year, coming up to schools cup time. You know, the, the schools cup game itself was uh, it was a very tough contest uh, because basically the pitch wasn't standing up to the constant abuse. Because between Towns Cup finals, schools cup, uh, girls schools cup finals, you know there were a lot of there was a lot of rugby played within a two week uh, span, and the pitch just was cutting up really badly. Uh, by the end of the Skills Cup final. And I think in one way, I think everybody was just glad. Um, well, not everybody, because I know there are a lot of people who are old school, you know, where we must have played on a proper grass pitch, got the proper turf in. Um, and yeah, I understand that. And I do, uh, and I actually do respect that because, you know, obviously a lot of us played on, on the grass to, to begin with. But we also have to be cognizant that as a business, uh, Ulster are looking to ensure uh, they can put on rugby right through to the end of the the full season, and if that means having to switch to the artificial pitch because of that, well, you know, it's it's one of those things that has to be done from a from a business point of view. You know, it, it's not popular. I you know, I understand that, but it's one of those things that just had to be done. Yeah, I I, I understand that. You've got to look at the. And sorry, I'm just meeting Chris from time to time. There, he's doing his very best, mate. Thanks very much for trying to, to for trying to um, uh, get back in, mate. Yeah, it, it's just I'm just getting some interference from you, so I will unmute you when I need you to talk, mate. And uh, listen, first show back. You've just come out of cryogenic hyperspace. It's like a scene from Aliens. Getting you three back. Knight didn't make it. He's still stuck somewhere between hyperspace and back here. 
Chris is halfway between Wales and hyperspace. And me and Davey are here. <coughs> um, Reggie, uh, good evening, mate. Congratulations on the birth of 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 the the, the never mate. I hope that you are well and that oh, you're all doing great. Three G four D sports is uh, yeah. It is because of the climate thing, and, and I get out of that. My brother Martin in Australia has a multi-million pound business uh, based around um, uh, turf and, and uh, sports pitches, and, and he knows his stuff inside out, and I've had many conversations. It might be worth me getting him on at some stage. But it, the damage I see doing to players, I mean, look, look, Glasgow and stuff like that, it's just, it's just that for me. But from a wider organisational point of view, it allows the uh, Ulster rugby as a business to be able to to do that. And you're right, it's Ireland, and it cuts up, and it cuts up really, really badly. Um, Chris, it, it ain't going to go anywhere, Dave, is it? So, no. so we just need to embrace that and 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 and, and let it go. Uh, but there's lots of changes coming, and and you can see where the CEO is trying to take it, and and that's why another reason why I get really pissed off even as an outsider when i see some of these things about because they people just you know people who should know better who have been part of the organization those people on the outside some of those people on the outside do so-called podcasts and things absolutely no idea absolutely no idea but the chris brownfield let's see how we get on with you in your car somewhere between planet zoog and hyperspace and back in here uh, let's see whether you're still sounding like something from Cocoon and an alien. Tell us about sponsorship. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and he disappears. He's, uh, uh, honestly, he's absolutely doing this. But we need to, I know that, Dave, you're going to kill me because uh, you want me to move on to, to your senior European, but um, there we go. Right, there he is. Right. Yes. Tell us about sponsorship. Okay. Are we talking about the Kingsman sponsorship? Yes, sir. Okay, so um, I have I have actually put lots of stuff on social media over the last probably 12 to 18 months. Um, I had a real, real problem with the whole concept that Kingspan were being solely hung out to dry uh, and responsible as a pitchforks and, and bits and pieces for the whole Grenfell Tower thing, and everybody was devastated with Grenfell. My big concern is um, that with the loss of the Kingspan sponsorship, both the stadium naming, the shirt sponsorship. My real concern is where or who is going to have a business big enough within the province of Ulster or the wider field who would be willing to take on Ulster rugby as is, given the run of results. But for me as well, any sponsor is going to be flicking through the media pages and think to myself, do I want my brand to, associated with this level of malaise, this level of sort of targeted um, inappropriate conduct by certain podcasters as well as everything else. But, taking that to the side, I don't know who's going to come in. And uh, I just have this fear for the club that if we don't get a sponsor big enough, we're in real trouble in terms of being able to finance our, our buy-in players. We, we haven't got access to wealth of talent to bring in um, from the AIL and from grassroots like every other uh, sort of province, particularly uh, the last few months. But with Keith Shorten's appointment, I am hopeful Keith Shorten's little black book of contacts from his phenomenal record might be a useful advocate and he might be able to swing something that is incredibly, incredibly important to our club. And, and I would love to see um, 
a new sponsor uh, on the stadium. I think it'd be fantastic if it had something of real global reputation. You're thinking of sort of your O2s, your your BTs and, and that kind of nature. Are we going to get? I just simply don't know. So I don't know, but we need certainty. And if I was um, if I was Johnny Petrie right now and I'm Keith Shorten on the commercial management team, I would have a squeaky bum. I've got to be honest with you. I would be in squeaky bum territory right now uh, in terms of the projection for the next two to five year window, especially going back to the bank and saying we've got these loans to get us through COVID and we've got this certainty of repayment. And and if we're seeing audience numbers at Kingspan dropping away, like we have been in certain games, um, you know, that's going to have a massive impact. Hopefully, the new shirt manufacturer moving away from, from Kukri, you know, have sizes that allow us to, to sort of cover every size. Women's, we need a better children's selection. You know, and I think we got to get that right as much as anything else. Well, there's a great point there from Ray. Never mind the coaches and the coaching tech getting the hammer. It's, uh, it's the sports psychologist. Um, that, that we do need, you know, and uh, and certainly it does need looking at, especially considering that there seems to be a general lack of self-esteem at the squad at the minute. Um, you know, they would probably say otherwise, but you know, when we see uh, when we see the performance on the pitch, if the performances are sliding, well then, you know, we need to look at other ways to try and stop the slide and and try and put them back. Um, you know, there's uh, Paul Hamilton there. Can you argue against my team, Benetton? Uh, we would have had a success without the backing of the clothing brand, but love that Lowe's still calls Treviso. Absolutely. You know, you know, it's 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 where you know where where do we go from here? And you know, certainly if there's a new uh, a new shirt manufacturer on the way, you know, I would personally I would very much hope that they'll give me one that'll be a, a reasonable size instead of have to go to about twenty XL. But sure, you know, it could be worse. I think that it is still a slight disconnect with um, hyperspace. I know that um, you're right, Dave. I, I'm, I'm taking your messages on board, mate. Right, um, URC. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll monitor Chris on there. Uh, so I know you want to look at the URC. So here you go, mate. Take, take us through this, mate. Where, where are you at with this? Uh, okay. Well, as you can see, we're we're, we're sitting uh, usually by the spot that we usually sit at this time of season, around fourth place, um, and. You know, basically, it's when we look at the start of the season. You know, it was a typical a typical start to an Ulster season. Uh, a a, a city year bum win uh, against Zebra, you know, which was forty points to thirty six. Um, now, for saying that, now Jude Pufflewhite made his debut in that game. Will Addison returned, um, uh, and of course uh, Treadwell. He was the player of the match in that one. Uh, then uh, we'd come up against uh, the Bulls. Uh, and won that one at home, 26-19. Uh, where Tom O'Toole uh, put in the player of the match performance there on that one. Uh, then we started into the Enterprise. Uh, this is where things started to get a little interesting. Uh, a very uh, tight game um, against Connacht, uh, which they came away with uh, with a 2.1, 22 um, And that one, Ruben Crullers made his debut, only to go off very early on. Uh, with an injury, um, but also James French made his debut in that game. Um, but also, it showed the emergence of one David McCann, um, who seems to be one of our one of our star players coming through now uh, at this point in time. Um, we followed uh, that loss to Connacht up 
we came back up to Ravenhill to play Monster in the second under pro, um, where Rob Herring got his 230th record-breaking cap. Um, and McCann put in an absolute cracking performance. We ended up winning that one 21 14. Uh, if memory serves me right. Um, then uh, the Lions came to visit, um, and Ulster dispatched them 24 17. Um, and then uh, we went off to Glasgow, and well, Glasgow being a bit of a bogey team for us in the last couple of years. What do you think, Chris? Uh, we, we, we what we lost 33 20 to, to Glasgow. Um, yeah, um, I think the, the Glasgow game, uh, I sort of had the idea that we went maybe with a mindset of not winning that game. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I, I sort of, I was thinking we were going to lose that game, right there, wrongly. And I know you shouldn't necessarily go into any game with the idea as a supporter that your team is going to get turned over. But uh, I would think there's fairly, uh, maybe a fair amount of people that was going to think the same. And, and I'm not entirely sure Kitsy should have played that game. He had literally arrived, what, six days into the province. I think he could have gone to get a feed for the club in the away game. Should he have been there? Not entirely sure. I think he came on the second half from memory. Um, yeah. And again, that was in that period of time where there was real, real turnover of, of players, really unsettled. There was no sign of any stability across the eight or, or the back line. And yeah, I I think I had us going in that uh, with about a seven, six or seven point loss is what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Overall, yeah, I think there's just a wee bit of instability around that, and uh, and certainly that you know that seemed to it's it's it seemed to unsettle the whole team, and you could see it. Uh, and I would agree with you definitely. Uh, you know, they they didn't look as fully interested in it as uh, as they normally would be, um, and you know, obviously coming coming away with a 13 point loss, you know that 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 hurts because obviously no no way, no points at all doesn't help the the matter at all. No. And then to follow that up then with a uh, a home loss to Edinburgh. Edinburgh, uh, but, yeah. You know, what were your what were your thoughts about Edinburgh? Um, I think that I think that uh, two week period is a bit of a problem. <laughs> 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 um, you know, because that one. I think we were going in really confident. I think we were expecting not to go win. Um, and again, moments, and I think that game was moments when the ball was just going two inches out of touch. Uh, you know, literally, there was periods across those those games all the way up the back where we kept talking with this fast-flowing game and, and there was little glimpses and the ball just wasn't going to land. It was almost like a confidence thing and on a different day uh, with a different level of confidence and all those balls were going to land your run and tries and effort and centre. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm trying to think now. Is it 47 players Dan McFarlane has fielded in the last, uh, since the start of the season? 47 or 52? Yeah. You know, and that's that's unheard of in Ulster, uh, but yeah. the amount of people who are off World Cup, which obviously for us is tiny compared to the likes of Leinster, um, and then just coming in, loads of injuries. You know, people like Balakarn, Addison coming back in slowly but surely. Going, you know, it's I don't know. I, I think we'll side that, that plays better when we've got a very very certain fixed twenty three. You know, with. Yeah. Alliances, and uh, I'm not sure with the team that can just turn it over week in, week out. But when you're playing in two competitions, uh, whether it's Challenge Cup, Champions Cup, and or the URC, when you're playing those two competitions, you need that strength and depth. 
and then when and, I, and after that, then we follow up with two wins, you know, uh, again mm-hmm. in Interpros, you know, you know, beating Connor twenty nineteen uh, at Kingsborough, and then um, that unbelievable game against Leinster. Um, you know, it was almost like going to Bizarro World again. To, you know, we we nearly slipped ourselves up on that one um, uh, and come yeah, away with that um, one point victory. You know, that was an absolute cracker. Yeah, so I've got to say, I was in the stadium for the, the Connor game uh, with with Dad and Sammy and Michael, and, and that was that was an incredible win um, in terms of, it kind of showed there was that wee bit of grit. There was that determination to go on and win and see games out, and I think, you know, okay, people say, oh, it's these one-point wins and, and bits and pieces, but then the end, records book shows W or L or D, that's all it says. No one's really hugely interested this time of the season if it's, if it's by 40 points, 90 points, but at the end of the season, the points for and against will definitely tell against us when it is that tight. Um, but let's be honest, you mentioned Glasgow being a, a bogey side for us. Glasgow and Connett have been turning us over, um, home and away in the last couple of games. It's, I think it's, it's pretty balanced in terms of wins for and against for, against Connett yeah. over the, over the lifetime. And the guys done enough. They got the lead. They nearly threw it away like they did Connett previously, uh, when they were streets up. Um, but it just about dragged out. I think again, it was almost like the um, the zebra game at the start of the yeah. season. It was nearly one of those where we were about to throw it away with with seconds to go, and we just just managed to make it back, didn't we? Oh, they, they, you know what? They, they might have run about the wings there, but uh, there, there were more bananigans playing about than I had in a game of Mario Kart, to be honest with you. You know, it, it, was, it was just one of those ones where you, you just did not know what way it was going to end up uh, at, no. uh, when, when the clock went red. Um, looking forward, um, now our next two games uh, are uh, in the URC, are they uh, being termed the, the URC Origin Rounds. Now, these are. Um, uh, these rounds are actually going to be looking specifically at the more of the gra- grassroots journey. So it'll be from grassroots through to, you know, provincial and, and team squads. Um, uh, first up uh, is on the 18th of February, uh, um, away to the Ospreys, uh, and then following that up then with a home game against the Dragons. You know, how, how do you see yep. those? How do, well, how do you see those? Be, um, I think, Dave, we should come away with Two solid wins, okay? And I mean convincing. This could be our chance to put proper points to board against both those sides. And that's not against Toby Booth and Ospreys um, and what the guys in Newport Dragons are doing, but they're flying out of the bottom. Obviously, um, obviously Ospreys had a wee run of luck there in the Challenge Cup. Um, they've been having a good run for them, but they're just about to lose nearly 50% of their squad to the, um, the Six Nations. You know, uh, whereas we're obviously not going to have that same impact. But Welsh rugby, whether it's regional, uh, club, well, clubs actually doing reasonably well, but uh, regional rugby in Wales and internationally, the side is all over the place. You know, and, and I still question, what was Jared Payne thinking by going from La Rochelle to Scarlet? That's a whole different discussion. You know, they've lost their budget constraints are going to have them slashed down to, I think it's a three and a half or is it four million next season? Which means all the big names, you know, every big international name is going to have to leave. Um, and they're going to be running around with under 20s and bits and pieces to make up sides, which they can't be competitive. Um, yeah. And, you know, you look at the signings that all Sprays and Dragons have lost this year, losing next year. <coughs> I'm convinced uh, that we will come away with very, very big wins in both those games. I'm saying 30 points a piece up on each game. And if it isn't, then. Things aren't good as, as good as you should be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, you know obviously we 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 can argue maybe as Gerald says it could be a lack of motivation perhaps. You know, um, I think the more critical question, as as Richard said, was uh, you know what do our players do to pick themselves up? You know to you know to really smash in you know to the Ospreys in, in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Yeah, well, I think, you know, that's going back to the point Dad made about sports psychology. You know, the guys are equipped with sports psychologists, but they're athletes first and foremost, Davey. No player goes out there in the white shirt or the blue shirt, the red shirt, the green shirt. No one goes out there to have a bad game, right? So we know that. No one deliberately goes out to throw a game to end up in the Challenge Cup. Stu McCluskey's uh, little media clip literally, what, two days before that Challenge Cup, he said it. You know, no one wants to be playing Challenge Cup rugby. Now, going yeah. back to the point Richard made, that's what we're now doing. So we've got to reverse that and say, right, we have now got the chance to go on and excel. If they don't go on and excel, they get dumped out in ours by Montpellier. Then I can see a massive slide um, in terms of mental well-being and, and motivation. But I think now, I, if I was on rugby, I'd be doing my absolute damnedest to go top four in the URC. Challenge Cup, year and day, just literally do everything to turn on every single result of the URC and see out this season and get back into the Champions Cup because we're about to take a big hit in TV rights, I think, over the next couple of weeks. You know, TV money still has a massive impact and also budgets tight. So for me, uh, the motivation should be coming down from, from Johnny Petrie. And to, it's not his job to direct the players, but he should be piling the pressure on uh, to uh, our head senior coaches uh, to pretty much um, finger out time buys and, and really tighten it up. Yeah. Well, look, um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on where things go from there. Uh, but what I want to do just very quickly <laughs> is uh, I just want to bring in uh, uh, the big man again, big Joe Shep. Um, and basically, I want to have a chat with him uh, about, uh, you know, Joe, uh, what... Obviously, we, we're just back. We're just back, and we're getting used to being back in the, the seat and, uh, and and chatting the cut as usual. But um, where where do you see things going now for you know for for us as the White Walkers, and where do you think things will go in the future? Yeah, sorry, mate. I was um, <clears throat> oh, that's that's uh, just that, that's everything in life is about timing. There's me on the Graham Norton and say I've got no Malbec, and uh, the lovely Gillian comes home from uh, a week at work. And uh, and gives me a glass of red, so I think we can't beat that. Uh, listen, yeah, no, very, 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 very good. Um, <clears throat> one of the reasons that uh, we uh, we wanted you back on was because we had so many requests for where had the three bod rugby group gone? Um, the page disappeared last September, <clears throat> so very, very quickly is last September, uh, I um, I'd finished my contract with the brilliant Ruby Academy Island after 18 months. That was fantastic. And <clears throat> I'd wanted to put together a business uh, on the live streaming uh, ever since really I got back after uh, the, the, the heart attack and the, and the bypass op and everything like that. So in September, on the September the 12th, we started the new program. Uh, and it's four months. And um, <clears throat> on Thursday, next Thursday, week today, the 1st of February, in bulk, or in bulk, which is the first day of spring, uh, St. Bridges Day, uh, we go live launch with LivestreamSolutions.org, a huge live streaming and business development support organization. <coughs> and then we put that together in four months, and, and there'll be more to follow on that. Um, but um, one of the things was 
we had so many requests for the three board rugby group to come back for the shows to come back for the white walkers for the leinster line for the specials people saying what happened to kigo <clears throat> kigo's doing a whole pile of stuff by the way with the great jeff pagano at harping on rugby so follow jeff he just an ambassador for rugby and his knowledge is brilliant. So the likes of Kigo and Richie Mifsud <coughs> and uh, Keno Milio and people like that are all doing the comic and all doing stuff with Jeff over there. So we'll be more shows coming back in. But what we're going to do with <coughs> White Walkers Chat and Crack is <coughs> we had a problem. People remember originally it was three blokes of ball and bod. And then Facebook lost the page. We built it up from scratch. We had about uh, 10, 11,000 people on there. It just disappeared overnight. They didn't know where it was. So we then had to set up the three-board rugby group. And we built that page to about three and a half, four thousand, back about two and a half thousand since we stopped doing stuff. And um, <clears throat> we, um, we, we, we got all those sort of things going. And then when we, when we called, called a halt to things last year, it was a case of, uh thanks paul so, yeah pleasure mate um i promise i will get over to wallace and i will get over to treviso and see everybody um so as part of developing the uh, livestreamsolutions.org we said we'd start off the three bod rugby group again and it was more natural to start off with the white walkers chat and crack with nigel chris and yourself dave so that's what we've done <clears throat> now there'll be five shows up until so around june time the end of the season during the summer if you go to the Three Bod Rugby Group page now, what you'll see is Three Bod Rugby Group and you'll see the White Walkers uh, symbol, the little bot symbol down there. In the summer, we're going to rebrand and we're going to give the White Walkers their own page because people want more information on Ulster Rugby. Despite how it is, the, the fascination globally, tonight this is going live into the Western Australia group. They'll follow it tomorrow. Um, we're in all sorts of different places. So, that's going to be rebranded as the Ulster Rugby Roundup Show, White Walkers Chat and Crack, um, and there'll be lots of uh, stuff going on. There'll be podcasts coming. There'll be, be clips coming out. Um, it's been a lot of work, myself and Dave, with uh, AI software. So that's where we're going with, with all of that. It's all part. So the White Walkers spot the three of rugby group. More shows will come over the time. They're all part of the, of the much wider uh, global business now of uh, uh, Livestream Solutions, the Organ Livestream Academy, um, and and that's where we are. And uh, and I have to say a thank you to to Chris Brownfield and everybody involved. In a couple of months ago, we did uh, a cardiac awareness special, um, and uh, that was absolutely f phenomenal. And that showed to me that the. The, the request we got for more stuff showed me that we need to really come back. So that's where we are, Dave. Um, and that's yep. why, and I'm really excited about the future. And I'm excited that you lads are going to get your own page to do your own thing. And we'll sort all the little sort of tech remnants out with stuff and, like that. And I'm going to agree here absolutely with Gerald. Don't worry, we are not going to forget about grassroots rugby. That's a big part of what we do here on My Walkers. Um, absolutely. We're going to be following the, the adventures of the mightiest Instonians to see if they can uh, do another jump up and uh, and and go through the season unbeaten. To be honest with you, at the minute, they're <laughs> machine at the minute, and uh, it'll be exciting to see where it goes. But even for the smaller clubs, even down in Enniskillen, City of Derry, Oma, you know, we're going to try and cover them all as best we can. Uh, women's rugby, we're going to cover mixed ability as as much as possible. Of course, we're going to bring in the mighty Gregor Galway, you know, uh, to have a chat with him about that. Um, 
Oh, of course, Sam. Yes, we're not going to forget about the beloved Dremor. Yeah. And so we played called Banger 2, Brownfield. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and on, the, on the next show, we're going to have Gregor Galway, I believe, and Mike Scott. We're, yep. we're trying to get on as well, the great Mike Scott as well. So, so lot, lots and lots of good things. So it is not just about Ulster rugby as a province. It's about rugby in Ulster. And that, so as we start again, we've got a 12-month plan. So it will roll in all of those things that you want to do. But I've got something else for you just now. We have a competition. The great Johnny Pullen from coffeedog.ie has divvied us up a competition for two large bags, the 500-gram bags of Shep's Blend Beans or, um, or, or ground. And you've got a question to answer. And what you've got to do is you've got to go to the Three Bod Rugby Group and like and follow the page and send us a message by PM. And then what we'll do is uh, we will then announce the number seven days, um, but you send us a PM. And the question we have for you, set by the great Johnny Pollen from coffeedog.ie, is this. It's run along the bottom there. We have two large bags of Shepland coffee uh, beans, courtesy of coffeedog.ie. So the question is... Which Ulster rugby player scored the winning try in the 1999 Heineken Cup final, securing Ulster's historic victory? And what team were they playing against? So who scored the try in the historic 1999 European Cup final victory? Who was the player that scored the try? And which team were you playing against you bloody lovely white walkers? Johnny Pullen from coffeedog.ie. Two bags of Shepherd Blend can be on the way, and we'll announce who the winner was on the next show. But go to the Three Bad Rugby Group, like and follow the page, send us a PM with the two answers on, and we will pick you up from the David. Okay, well, look very quickly before we finish off for the night, uh, a wee quick run through those European games. You know, and say, well, we might as well journey into the Twilight Zone and hyperspace in one go. Um, so, uh, Chris, do you want to bring us through uh, uh, our ad short adventures in Europe? Uh, yeah, uh, short adventures in Europe. Uh, obviously, we probably arguably played some of the best teams in the tournament. Uh, start to lose, I believe we'll go on the win. The game of the tournament, I just can't see having past that. We absolutely done a great job in Racing uh, at home and Bath Rugby. I think I, I could be wrong, but I think it's something like 90% of their games. They went into uh, the second half uh, behind and went on to win those games from, from a losing first half interval. Um, and both of those teams, Stad Toulouse and Bath Rugby, uh, put us to the sword. We were going to the Harlequins with genuine optimism, and I think that's a reality. Okay, uh, off the back of Toulouse, we were saying, oh, no, it's not going to go our way, but I think most of our fans went to the Harlequins expecting that to be close and in our favour. Harlequins just stepping up the other level. Um, obviously, we had three significant events in the first half, which allowed us to concede those tries. They were very, very soft, uh, resulted in all sorts of of Palava, and then the second half, you know, you've got to say that Quinn's took their shot every time they they accessed that ball, they looked like they were going to score, and there seemed to be a real difference in pace when the Quinn's wingers or even their centers got on that ball. 
they tore through this like a knife through butter. There's no other way to describe it. Was that a defensive blip or was that just sheer class? I'm going for a defensive blip because you know we were going to Queens to win that and, and secure ourselves in that that next phase. Um but stats to lose. If you're a rugby supporter, you would just stand back and all and think that is a phenomenal performance. But if you're an out and out Ulster rugby supporter, you've just got your hands hands head your hands just thinking what is going on. Uh but start to lose. I generally think they're gonna go on to win this tournament. Uh can't see anyone touching. That's my opinion. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Um after watching Toulouse, it was just like you you just knew and it's it's like one of those ones, do you stand back and in, in awe and sort of you know, go up and just go, huh? Uh, as Antoine Dupont would run past you. I think myself, I think, uh, you know, Dupont had an absolute blinder against us, that's for sure. And he did put us to the sword. Yeah, and uh, I think, uh, I think Han and Hart, I, I agree with you, they will win the tournament, I think, eventually. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, they, they played uh, against Exeter last weekend. That was probably the game of the tournament so far, the Exeter Tunisian game. Um, and they just looked at all stages, never looked like they were going to lose to Exeter. And even when it was tight, they just seemed to have another gear, just step up. Yep. Uh, and the bath one, it comes down to we, it comes down to doing the basics. If they had done the basics, uh, I think we could have won that ma- that match outright. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree and, with you. Uh, you know, and it's just the, it just wasn't the way, for it's yeah, and it wasn't for the lack of support. I can tell you, Davey. Um, the South Wales, Ulster rugby supporters, and those who travelled over from outside of our, our contingent, the noise in the away stadiums at both Bath and down there. <coughs> so at the weekend at Twickenham were absolutely phenomenal. You know, and oh, the, to be fair to the team, even even though the sides got put to the sword at Bath and Quinns, the team came out and thank the, thank the fans. And I think that was a really important thing, given the amount of money that the fans had put in to be in those grounds and the flights and the hotels and everything else. Sort of I think it was a really respectful thing from the club uh, to go out and actually thank those players. Uh, for those and, and afterwards, there was a very classy uh, uh, message on Twitter or X uh, from, from John Cooney, you know, thanking everybody for it. And uh, um, you know what? He garnered a heck of a lot of respect. Uh, from from both sides, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, after that, it was a, a, an absolutely beautiful thing to see. Um, well, look, here, yeah. just very quickly now, um, uh, just to see if we need to do anything else here. Let's have a look at any other business. Um, obviously, we've had the Irish squad, um, you know, announced, and we've uh, got six in in the squad. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I'm, I have to. Admit, I'm quite pleased. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased that we got the six. Um, and I know, as we said, just before I said that, <coughs> there have been discussions about, you know, will Canals to Rugby, you know, justify those six? Yes, they definitely can. Um, I tell you what, I know Stalkers had a couple of blips which went down badly in the Queens game with his, his fumble, there was a stuff shoulder. But I would say Stocktail has looked as if he's coming back to his best and he needs supporters to back him. He's a, he's a player who plays off the back of confidence. I would say that, um, Rob Hearn would have been there, I think, if his, um, if the, uh, bicep hadn't gone. Um, as for, uh, Handy, well, he's, he's pretty much pulled it in, isn't he? Um, and then we've got, uh, was it Tunnel Tools in there as well, uh, from memory? Uh, we've got Tom Stewart. Uh, I think if Tom Stewart can tighten up his darts, 
Um, he could well find himself starting in some of those games. Uh, that's great. Nick Timoney, I absolutely think Nick Timoney has absolutely earned that shirt. And I would love to see him getting uh, more than just a tackle bag role. I want to see Nick Timoney in that shirt. I'm not just in, in the softer games. Like, I'm going to say Wales is a soft game, a soft team now. I'm going to say Wales, aren't we? I want to see him in there against the Scotlands, the Englands, the Frances. I want to see him in the, in the, in the top sides. Taking that on. Um, I have Creamy Joe Lyons. I think McCann should be in there as uh, as one of those training panelists for sure. Um, yeah. I feel like I've missed somebody out. Who have I not mentioned? Um, McCluskey. Okay. Yeah. Big Stu. I think his World Cup performances uh, for sure. Uh, Big Stu again deserves a round. That will be all down to you know what they do in terms of the wingers. There's big chat about was it Ringrose going out on the wing? Is that what um, was that O'Driscoll pointed that around? Yeah, you know. So, um, oh, I, I just think it's, um, I think it's fab for the club. Uh, yeah. I think it's great for the young clubs coming through. They can see there is a pathway to the green shirt if that's what they, yeah, they're blessed to do. And I'm going to give a wee shout out uh, this weekend. Uh, the Wolfhounds are playing up at Kingsman, uh, um, and uh, and obviously the, the the series of games that are coming up there, as, as well as Gerald points out. Uh, you know what? I I'm excited to see what the what the Wolfhounds will will come up with. Um, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker game. Uh, and anybody who gets up to to Kingsman and see it, you know, definitely go up there. And and if you do, let us know. Uh, let us know how how you think the game will have went uh, and the atmosphere. Yeah, and we'll, we'll certainly feature it on, on another show. Um, yeah, so, I'll tell you something, Davey. Um, just on that note, if people have not watched women's rugby at, at this level, they have got to get their way to Kingspan. Women's rugby, in many ways, is actually a better game to watch. And I know that sounds that, but a lot of people probably think, what's this guy smoking? But I tell you what, at, at this level and or international level, women's rugby, the skill set, the talent, the determination, the tackle um, skill, the discipline is actually at a higher level than some of the men's rugby at the minute. And it's because they're not using that crash ball. They're not dependent on necessarily the 50-22s. They're playing really skillful, dynamic, open running rugby. And it is a pleasure to watch. Anyone that's got a gotten afternoon off should definitely pop over and watch that. We'll find stuff for sure. Uh, well... You know what, Chris? I think we've done well to get through as much as we have done uh, uh, in in the in the time we've we've had. Um, and I'm going to sort of close off on a, on a strange note. Um, when we originally started off on this journey, um, we we seen a sort of outcrop of it. And I know uh, uh, Joe has a, a little video on standby. I'm going to get him to show it to us. Um, and then uh, when he, when we finish that off, we'll we'll come back and uh, we'll. We'll, we'll tie things up. So, Joe, if you want to play that wee video for us, uh, and we'll uh, and we'll come back in, in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's show. We are proud to present from the three blokes, a ball and bod group, our global online live rugby shows, the newest addition to our family, the Ulster Rugby Roundup Show, White Walkers. It's now time to stand up for the Ulster man.
ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Joining Big Joe Shep, founder and chief bloke of Three Bloke, is the head of the White Walkers. He is the Night King himself. It's the one and only Nigel Quigley. Yeah. Nice guy, really. And that's all. That's all Nigel had time for uh, this evening. Yeah, but uh, but look, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure getting back on the on the on the road here and getting back in the in the swing of things with you. And uh, and and, ladies and gentlemen, whoever you're watching, wherever you're watching around the world, what we would like you to do is get in touch with us. Let us know what you want to see here on the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, anywhere you see us. Um, and uh, we should have a podcast out shortly in the next few days. Uh, that will be going up on Spotify soon uh, and any other places where you get your podcasts. Um, we will endeavor to try and answer any questions that you've got as and when we can. Um, so you know, put your questions up on on uh, our White Walkers page uh, at the Three Ball Rugby Group. And we will do our best to be in touch with you and see what we can do. But um, for now, Chris, is there anything, any other business? Uh, any other business, guys? Uh, obviously, we've got the Ospreys coming up in February. We've got a fans are in the Cooper's arms. Uh, as many as possible, get yourselves over to the... <laughs> get yourselves over. Uh, let's make a point of it. Um, we've already got over 50 tickets sold from uh, across our little club. Let's pack that out. If we get 100, that'll be 99 more than Ospreys we turn up with anyway. So let's make a big party, make some noise, and welcome the Ulster boys into Swansea. It's a Ravenhill roar. <laughs> well, look here. Thank you very much, as always, Chris. And uh, thank you to Big Joe there in the TMO truck. Uh, we've kept him fed on uh, Malbec and Biscuit. <coughs> um, and uh, uh, he'll, uh, you know. Yeah, I've done my, my best to try and stay out of there as much as possible. Uh, but here, look, let's go for now. We'll see you soon. Obviously, yep. like, comment, subscribe, do whatever you want to, but obviously, stand up for the Ulster men and women. Stand up for the Ulster men. We'll see you soon. Right, John.